0: Right now you can get an exclusive twenty percent off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash thrive. That's thrivecosmetics. Cosmetics C A U S E M E T I C S dot com slash thrive for twenty percent off your first order.
1: Hey you may or may not know that Rebel Radio is proudly supported by Wix.com. I don't know if they're proud or not, but they should be, damn. So I've been telling you for weeks now to rebuild your website using Wix.com. It's fast, it's easy, it's free, and you'll build a beautiful website. Well, guess what? We did that ourselves. There's a brand new site up at rebelradio.net. We got images, videos, text, all the episodes, social media, ways to contact us, everything you would want on a website. And James did it himself. No coders, none of that stuff. Just a great-looking website that was fast and easy. Well, it was fast and easy for me because James did it. But uh, anyway, get to Wix.com, build your own, and check out rebelradio.net. What's up? This is Rebel Radio. What up, what
0: up?
2: This is DJ Newmark. This is Peanut Butter Wolf.
1: It's your boy. It's okay.
2: Keep checking out Rebel Radio. Rebel Radio. This is Rebel Radio. We're in the place right here. Uh, Rebel Radio is going down. Uh, Would
1: you say, Rebel Radio? Oh, wait. Let's do it again rebel radio hey what's up welcome back to rebel radio i'm your host josh levine my guest today super cw our first super on the show we get into some deep stuff here i want to warn you this we get pretty personal with the show which is unique because usually we sit around and talk about nothing for an hour and just waste your time but today real talk super cw is a dj from Honolulu she's part of the powwow crew if you're familiar with the, the powwow art shows she's a blogger a marketer uh, and come next month she'll be our first TEDx speaker that we've had on the show and uh, maybe most importantly she's also a cancer survivor so she's the founder of Aloha Cancer and she's in the process of making a documentary called snapchat cancer if you go to her website which she'll promote later in the show, she tells you you can download a free survival kit for uh, how she was able to, to survive cancer and beat it and how you might do the same if you're faced with such a challenge. Anyway, it's a, it's a pretty exciting show. We get, we get pretty deep here. Um, she's going to give us some really important lessons into how she's been able to make her life work and, and in fact, even stay alive. And, you know, the word that comes to mind is flow. For her, it's all about finding your passions and working really hard, and we'll get into that and more after this, our EDM.com track of the week. Hope you like that. That was funky. That was Rod, I think. R-A-W-D. With a track called The Fire, our EDM.com track of the week. If you like it, get over to EDM.com and find some more funky house music. And now let's hear our interview with Super CW. Oh, my gosh. Like
2: life is expensive, especially yeah. now. Oh, Hawaii is expensive. Hawaii is expensive. But that's yeah. what's cool about it is because people who live there, they're there they're making some kind of sacrifice to do it, you yeah. know? And so yeah. there's like this spirit, like a vibe of yeah. like, I want to be here vibe. And yeah. it's really, it's really cool.
1: That's cool. I think, I think LA is a lot of that too, in a different way, right? Like it's a magnet for people that, you know, want to build something, Oh yeah. you know, they want to build, now it's all about them. They want to build their careers and their personal brands or whatever, their celebrity, but, but still like, it's this community of people that are, have chosen to be here Yeah. for yeah. a reason. You know, well, I'm, I'm glad you're here. I, I was excited. Um, you know, this show. I don't know how much you know about us, but you know, we we try to talk to people that have really interesting journeys and that are, you know, entrepreneurs that are impacting culture and doing it kind of in their own way. And I think that's one of the things we're discovering is that everyone's path is different. And um, and the more I've been reading about you, like, just fascinating.
2: Yeah. That means a lot coming from you because you know a lot of people that are amazing. Well,
1: I mean, your story is is pretty incredible. And, you know, I know we're going to talk about the cancer stuff, which um, but but even without that, like your your journey is pretty amazing. Thank you. Um, And so what I got, you know, excuse my my summary. I don't mean to summarize you in uh, three sentences, but but I saw that you're a DJ and you're one of the creators of Pow Wow. And um and you do marketing, yeah, uh, with Young's Market, right? Um, and then you've got this amazing cancer survival story, yeah. That I um, wow. hope you'll share some of that with us. So, uh, anyway, welcome. Thank you. It's great. to be here. here. Thanks for having me. What? Uh, so, and how'd you get to Hawaii? Uh, I was in the navy. You were in the navy. <sighs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That okay. was
2: great. That was like summer camp for grown-ups. It just kept going. No way. I, you know, like when you're in college, you can't afford. School. Yeah. Right? Really? Can't unless you rich. And I, I'm not. And right. I wasn't. My parents didn't pay for it. I got a scholarship. It didn't cover everything, you know. And it was for music. So it was like 500 bucks. Where were you going to school? UW. Okay. Yeah. and Which is like a huge, beautiful school. And they have a great music department. Uh, God, I love it there. But You were studying I music? Yeah. Yeah. I, I was in the college orchestra and then also in the outside symphony, which was a lot of work. But like, and it was a little overloaded. I was overloaded, like with the general requirements. I'm terrible at math, just, it was, it was a lot. And those recruiters who come around, they kind of prey on the kids who are struggling, you know? And they just tell you whatever, mm-hmm. whatever you want to hear that yeah. to just gets you to sign the paper, which I did. And then they're like, yeah, we'll, just pay for, we'll pay for all your college and you just have to do four years. I was like, that doesn't sound like very long. Okay, sure. They're like you could be in the Navy band. I was like, all right. But then um, I didn't realize that you, you needed to get all that confirmed before. before. Right. And so I just went in, and then they started throwing around this word undesignated, which is like the scariest word ever when you're in boot camp. You're going to go to the fleet undesignated. Like, doesn't that sound scary? Yeah. Fuck that. But then I did really good in boot camp. I got promoted right out of boot camp. I was like at the top of the thing because it was actually – I was I was surprised myself. I learned a lot about myself. I didn't realize that I was as smart as I was because I was so used to being struggling mm. and then going to boot camp and, like, doing so well. I was like, hey. And I qualified for this, like, high-level clearance. I got to go work for NATO. Oh, wow. Yeah. They were like, you can pick, like, here's where you tested. You can pick here. You can pick here. You can do, um, like, communications or, like, some other crap. I was like, oh, communications. Is that, like, PR? Yeah, uh-huh. not. It was like. Antennas and radio right, 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 like sure. satellites so you had to like memorize the weirdest crap. <laughs> oh, man. So I had to struggle really hard to do good in school. But I did and I graduated in the top of the class, got to pick my orders, and I got to go to Italy. So I was in Italy for three years, then I was in England for two years in this like crazy super secret. Like I wasn't even allowed to talk about it when yeah. I lived in town, place. And then um came back to the US. I was in San Diego, which I hated. The people in the Southern California were just it's like a big culture shock after living in Europe for so long. I'm sure. But then Hawaii was like the Goldilocks and the Three Bears, you know, because they hate America, too. Right. <laughs> but, like, it is America, so yeah. it's...
1: No, I, I get that. That's, have you been there? Yeah, I've been a bunch, uh, you know, for vacation. I went once with... So I used to be a manager, and um, my artist, we opened for, for P. Diddy in Hawaii. It was like oh, a radio show.
2: Fun. So
1: the station from here flew everybody out. And we got what
2: year was that?
1: That was '96. Oh, that
2: was a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he came back when he was on Five O.
1: Oh yeah, no, this was like way before oh. all that. It was, um, you know, all about the Benjamins was like just came out or oh, whatever. Oh wow, so we were doing that. So we so we went out there. That was fun, you know. And we went to a couple of the stations there and did interviews and like I got to see like the non vacation Hawaii.
2: What did you eat? Do you remember? No. Oh, we I mean, have really good food there.
1: We were just Honolulu. Yeah, um, but it was great. It was cool. And then I've been there a bunch for vacations. It's magic. Uh, yeah, it's it's pretty cool. But what brought you to LA? Uh,
2: I'm having. I just went to Coachella. It's my first time. Oh, cool. It was. I was just. I got a really lucky break to get yeah. invited as an artist guest. So I was like, YOLO. Nice. <laughs> and it was amazing. It was such a great. I have spent a lot of time in the Do Lab. Yeah. With their, those people are so real. Yeah. But just. I wanted to take three days to relax before heading up to Denver for this cancer convention. And cool. this is a great, so I, every time I come here, I always have so much fun. It's like, yeah. oh, it's always different. I try to not have a plan and go with the flow and it always winds up so fun. Yeah. Like, yeah.
1: Well, I'm curious. I mean, I'm a huge Coachella fan. Those guys are, are like family to me. Um, and, and I'm, you know, I'm an advocate that everybody should get there at least once, at least once and yeah. just see it. And, and so I'm curious, but you know, you've seen so much, um, what, what's your reaction to having your first experience?
2: Um, well, I, I think the most important thing is you need to be really prepared, mm. you know, um, for the weather and for yeah. comfort and for your plan. <laughs> I think the, the more loose you are about who you want to see, I think the more fun you'll have because, and you know, you have to be healthy. Right. It's a lot of walking and it's a lot of it takes a lot out of you, you know, yeah. so It's just drinking a lot of I mean, I just was sick, but I was drinking a lot of water, taking vitamins, making sure my immune system was up, doing my best to stay away from like the negative because there's, you know, it's 100,000 people. So, of course, you're going to have all types of people there. But, sure. you know, you just go like, you know, stick with the stuff that is good and around the people that, like, if you have these people who are just all on their phones talking weird about, mm-hmm. we'll just move, you know, to a better area to enjoy, right. like to watch LCD Sound System Live. Oh my gosh. It was, and also, I mean, and it's like, I know this can't be controlled, but it's probably really good to go right. After an icon passes away, because there's just the most epic tributes, oh, in it. it's yeah. just it brings everybody together in a way that I don't think that could ever be duplicated in any other way. You know, I'm getting the goose. I'm thinking about when they played his Coachella um, performance in 2008. Yeah. Oh my gosh! It just the reactions from everybody and yeah, yeah, and then to see you know to see a lot of the the music live and be in like you know like with like-minded people. I loved it. I thought it yeah. was great
1: yeah I went first weekend and and then you know Prince died the week in between yeah and and uh and there's a big part of me that wanted to be there that second weekend and really kind of process that with everybody
2: It was the best way to do it it yeah. was the best way to do it because that was hard you know i, I yeah. you must have i mean anybody I yeah. think who's like our age is for sure he was huge for yeah. like growing up but yeah
1: so you were always into music obviously you're <laughs> you're in band i so yeah. how'd you How'd you first get into music? What was the music that impacted you when you were young?
2: Oh, well my mom was really into funk and you know, like Cool in the Gang and uh, Cameo and Prince. I mean Prince was her more modern pop (laughs) record, but that's the one that I, I wasn't allowed to touch her records, but that's the one when she was at work that I was always playing. I was like, I had that that cover memorized of him on the motorcycle with Apolloni like lurking, you know, but. My sister and I, we were were a little bit more new wave, you know, we liked like In Excess, Depeche Mode, and so this is like growing up in the late 80s, 90s. Mm -hmm. Of course we like pop music too, but my mom's soul and funk like kind of stuck with me, I think, and now I I actually really like playing that now, Mm. which before I was all about the pop music, cause I was a kid. Uh But I mean, oh geez, I I can't even think of when that, Started, But I know I, you, went, I went into classical music in school. So from fifth grade, you know when you can pick an instrument? Yeah. So I picked the drum. It just looked like fun, cool. you know, just hit a drum. So I stayed with that all through high school, like all the way, but went into the classical music program outside of school, the Youth Symphony, yeah. which was like, you really need to know what you're doing. And I pretty much never learned how to read music. I tried so hard. When, like I would write the note. Like if I had a mallet percussion piece, I would write the notes in and mm-hmm. memorize it. Just so I could play it, cause oh, wow. I never could learn that. And yeah. after, like, you know, the higher up you go, you need you need to learn how to. You can't. So I was like, uh, so that's when I kind of just like fell off and joined the navy. But you know, I was always listening to music. And, mm-hmm. and I was always the nerd in the corner of the party with the playlist. Is like, that right? Yeah, that's my thing. You know, yeah. it was always my thing. That's what I was known for. It's like, oh, Chris, I like making tapes for people, making yeah. CDs for people, and just sharing sharing them what That's I was so listening cool. to yeah
1: do you remember the first record you ever bought
2: kick in excess oh cool yeah
1: yeah great record
2: (laughs) I loved their videos too their music videos were so good
1: yeah so did you ever think I mean you know it's so weird I was not a musician although I studied a year of trumpet in fourth grade and uh, you know and I think and I was super into music I, I always felt it was so weird to have like such a like you could only play classical but then you you didn't that's not what you listen to. Yeah, you listen you know to everything. I mean? Right.
2: Everything. Even yeah. I mean, even stuff you don't like, you're listening to it just to hear like the instrumentation and just to be exposed to as much as possible. Sure. I would have to say. Yeah. But when you have that listening to a full symphony, and especially playing percussion and being in the back of the orchestra when like the the brass is all right here to your left and all of the strings are in front of you and and you're also getting that energy from the Crowd who's just like all clenched, depending on what you're playing, you know. I, I'm getting the goosebumps just talking about it. It's a great feeling. Yeah. And I loved it. And most of the time in percussion, we had t shirts that is like of our section because it's us just moving equipment because that's pretty much all we were ever doing was moving equipment or mm-hmm. sitting and resting. We hardly ever played, especially for the big pieces. Right. But when you do play, it's just, rah, right. you know, so it's like save the best for those moments. Yeah. <laughs>
1: And that's were you good. in other, like, bands playing popular music, too, or... No, no. no. Just symphony. I was symphony. a
2: huge nerd. Yeah. Yeah, just in the school band, and then the school orchestra, and then right. the outside orchestra.
1: And did you think, was there any thought that that was going to be a career?
2: Um, You know, that's... I was I did a lot in high school. I was, like, in the student government, and the speech club, and everything. I just did as much as I could. I was like I have I don't know if you could tell I have a lot of energy, you know. Yeah. So I had to be really busy and I was doing a lot of stuff. I wasn't too sure what I wanted to do, but I know that I really liked writing and I really liked English and music of course music, but um and yeah, studying music after high school I was thinking but that I wanted to be in that industry. But at the mm. time it seemed like everybody was either just gonna be a producer or sorry, a teacher mm-hmm. or a professional right. and that for me I knew I was I was having a hard time reading music and I was never yeah. gonna get anywhere. yeah And I was just I was feeling like, oh I need to figure this out and that was when the Navy kind of knocked on my door and I just got swooped up with that and that mm-hmm. was a whole nother lifetime of amazingness for sure. me. Yeah, <laughs> so bet. great. I would recommend it to anybody who doesn't know what they want to do if they're young because it's a great experience it depend I mean, it's like Coachella, right? You know, you you get out of it you what you put it, into right, it. Sure. It can be very terrible, but it can also be really amazing. Wow. It's great.
1: That's interesting. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: So then you get dropped in Hawaii. Right. And uh, what's what's the plan?
2: Um, I didn't really have a plan. Uh, I my, The three years that I had the gig, I was working at a help desk, you know, like a night shift. So I just had a lot more time mm-hmm. on my hands, and that was when I started blogging. Mm-hmm. And but I was a computer nerd already, and that was kind of my gig in the Navy. So I was hand coding this, like kind of like I don't know. Do you ever remember Teenage Unicorn or like Patrick O'Dell from New York, Mm-mm. or here there's a the guy, the Cobra Snake kind yeah, of, similar, yeah, sure. but he's not. I mean, that's just sort of the vibe I have. But it was like mine was more writing with the photos because the photos were terrible. Oh, okay, but I was like telling a story, and um, you know, I would I would hand code it and have a new story every week with like maybe a hundred photos, and I did that every week. Every month for like eight years. And just, wow. you know, that. that and was
1: kinda, it like nightlife yeah, stuff too? Like like Cover Snake? It was, it was, or?
2: It, was pr- it was pretty much all nightlife. And, yeah. And that was, it was called Honolulu. It still is called Honolulu Nightlife Diaries. Uh-huh. I've updated it to like a WordPress, but I still have the old school entries there because they're just, they trip me out now because people are searching. You know, I can see that what they're looking for to find it. And it's just, they're always looking for people. And it was, Back then, you know, if, if I bumped into whoever, it wasn't just like, oh, here's a picture of him. It's like, here's his entire backstory and like a link to what he's up to. And it was just sort of a way to keep everybody connected. And um, from that, I think I got everything. I mean, I got the job at Young's. Mm-hmm. I got the nightlife column in the weekly, which was huge for me because I'm not a professional writer. Sure. So I did that for five years, and that was amazing. Yeah. Oh, I loved it. I love writing. And even though, same with music, you know, if you just do it and you don't expect anything from it, you just do it from your heart. It's gonna like it's gonna happen for you because mm-hmm. I wasn't I was asked to, to learn how to DJ and it wasn't something that I was ever I don't think I would have ever done it
1: who asked you to DJ um,
2: it's this kid Jamie he's in a group called the Nocturnal Sound Crew out of Hawaii Kay. and they're like two-time ITF world champs they're great turntableists and they've been around forever and he's a friend of mine and I've helped them a lot you know I've booked them for my parties and they're just so much fun and I had just won this Red Bull. Play and Destroy challenge. It's like an iPod song selector challenge. But I was like, Uh this is made for me. That's my thing, you know. I love that kind of music, you know, where you just get to pick out the songs according to a mood and manipulate the mood of the room, which is what I really love about it. And he was like, out of nowhere, he was just like, I have an idea. Why don't you DJ at a Thursday at M? Because they, I think they probably just needed something. And I was like, ha-ha, very funny. I don't know how. And he's like, no, I'll teach you. Because this was maybe in October. And Uh it was for... um, (laughs) <laughs> it was for a December gig, and he did. He t- I went to his studio, and I already had so much music in my computer. and He showed me just how to like make the cues in Serato. and then he was like started to do this. Like he thought because I had a percussion background that I would like be good with the the turntablism, which right. I was not. And I was like, "How about can we just start like like back up a little? Just show me how to play this song and that song, and like with, without it sounding like crap. <laughs> like can I like teach me how to like beat match and like blend it with this? Yeah. Software, whatever this is, and it was Serato, and mm-hmm. I, yeah, so I did that, and I just worked really hard on the set, I wanted, because it was like my one set, I, I was just thinking it was my one gig, you know, and I just put together, I mean, I had everything did in there, you play? I had like Cut Copy, and like Aesop Rock, and like, you know, The Cure, I, like all of my favorites from like back at like Roger, and like the Zap Band, and... like, modern stuff. I like pa- I passion. Play. Like, for me, I I really like that, like, new disco, indie dance sound, like, stuff okay. that just makes you your face light up and you're smiling. And I'm not a huge hip-hop person, but I played a little bit because everybody loves that stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like,
1: uh-huh.
2: <laughs> but, like, really pretty remixes of, like, Henry, there's this guy, Henry Land. He does, like, he uses a lot of instruments to remix popular hits. and Okay. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm from that gate. That was, that was... The one gig I had, and from that gig, just everybody who came to see me, I got a residency, and two other gigs, and then another residency just from the one, and, and it just everything wow. snowballed from that. And yeah. for, for me, it was like, whoa! I kind of got yanked into what I what I should be doing. And once I like then once I got a taste of that, and I started playing more, and I was playing weekly in Waikiki, which is anything goes. You don't know who's gonna be there. It could be Australians it could who love flute. Right. It could be, yeah. you know, like people from Minnesota who only want to hear Drake and it could be whoever, you know, old people who sure. could play Bruce Springsteen and the police and they'll like have so much fun. So it, it really taught, like it, I really developed technically and um, from that playing every Monday. Oh, it was so much fun.
1: So did you know that first night that you were like,
2: yeah, I did. Yeah. I could feel it. it I mean, it, it was like being able to share with them what I wanted them to hear like things Mm -hmm. that I really love and to see them picking up what I was putting down and I I mean I don't know it was you know because if it's a room full of people that you know it's it's probably going to be a lot easier but it's later like playing every week in Waikiki after that is what I think really really made me understand okay this is I can do this I love this and then I don't know it was just it was like maybe a couple years and then I was just starting to like headline things and I mean it's small in Hawaii and like Everybody moves on if they're good, like Jammy. Now he's in Vegas, sure. and it's just you know, there's a there's only maybe five or six really solid DJs that play regularly there, and they're great, and I look up to them so much. But you know, if you if you just stay true to what you're trying to do, and I like for me, I have like a really pretty specific sound. I mean, I do I like to play house, like melodic house, and. Um, just you stick with that and with your sound and then people are reaching out to you to play i mean i just mm-hmm. got to play the love festival which is huge for me i got to open for thomas jack which was nice huge. i got to open for above and beyond both nights which was that was a sold-out crowd and it's these kids are coming for trance and i'm i don't play tr- that right <laughs> but i just i play from my heart and i was just like this is what i really want you guys to hear and i, I hope yeah. you like it and they did and it was just like it's the best feeling
1: does that ever not work
2: Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, you know, it depends on the crowd. You can, yeah. You got to be able to be sensitive to who's there, and you got to be sensitive to, like, you know, why you were booked, where you're playing, who's who's there, what they want to hear. I mean, you really have to be that person. But um, when you're... So it just makes it more special when you are able to play what you want. Like, and now, ever since I got sick, I don't take gigs. I mean, I th- that weekly that I had, I gave it to this other girl who's up and coming who's so great, mm-hmm. and just all these other... There's a lot of DJs that are up and coming that deserve to, like, work hard. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm 40. It's time for me to, like, concentrate on my health and wellness. And even though music is a big thing, I'll still take the bigger gigs, but I just don't want to – I can't be playing in Wikipedia every night now. Right. Or every week. So, yeah, it just depends on the crowd. But it's just – it's so special when you're able to just play what you want to play and what you love and then see that other people love it as well. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Ugh.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So, and then how did um, how you get involved with Pow Wow?
2: So Jasper Wong, is it's, that's his event. Um, he's from Hawaii, and he was living in Hong Kong. Okay. So he was home over the holidays, and that's what's so great about Hawaii, especially over the holidays, is everybody comes home. Like, wherever they are in the world, whatever right. magic they're creating, which there's a lot, they're all home, and it's back to, you know, just the basics and just hanging out and being cool. And somebody wanted me to meet him. They're like, "Oh, you got to meet this guy. He writes for Hypebeast." And that was when I was writing for the Weekly. Mm -hmm. And they're like, "Yeah, you got to meet him. You got to meet him." I was like, "Sweet. Okay." Hi. (laughs) And we hung out that night, and he was really cool. And he was telling me about this event he was doing in China, and he's like, "You should come check it out." And I was like, "Well, what is it exactly?" He's like, "Oh, it's just like this collaborative art show." I was like, "All right, I'm I'm there." Like I looked, I was like looking in my phone that night at the flights. I saw that it was pretty cheap. I was like, "Okay, I'm coming." Because at that point, I'd been with Youngs for two years and I don't think I'd ever taken a vacation so oh, wow. I know it was that it, it takes a lot out of you that job but I was able to go and I was just so blown away with what he was doing because he was focusing on the process and the creation of the art not the end result so okay. which is for me too like you know I'm all about like trying to stay and live in the moment as much as you can and like stop thinking about everything out, like just stop trying to make it happen and just let it happen kind of mm-hmm. stuff. But So for him to highlight that, I thought was great. And he had a few events and at the last event it was like this mural jam in the street in Hong Kong and it was like five of them, Pat Lee from Canada, he's like a comic book. He was doing like this Optimus Prime and then Jasper was painting these pink little nipples at the ends and it was this really cool collaborative work but then, and we were all in the street while there's like, I don't know, maybe 50, 60 people in the street watching it. and. Then they started to, like, black it out. And we were, like, the blind. they were, like, making black, and it was just getting more and more black until the whole thing was completely covered in black paint. And wow. the, the reaction of all of us outside while we were, because we were out there forever watching them paint, and we were just like, what are you, what, huh? Oh, and everybody kind of got it. Like, we all had the same reaction at the same time. We, we were like, oh, it's not a bath. And then at that time, they, like, painted a big old powwow on it. And uh-huh. everybody just started cheering, and it just that... I was so blown away, and I told him, I was like, if you ever want to do this event in Hawaii. Like, at the time, I, I was pretty connected. I knew that I could help him make it happen. And mm-hmm. I was like, please consider it, this is where you're from, and he did. He, he you know, he like made this PDF proposal, and I printed it in color, because it was gorgeous, and met with everybody I could. I met with all the museums, with potential sponsors, and venues, and meet local media, and we it everything like from that moment from when he sent me that pdf to when i just like beat the street and just met with as many people as i knew everything just happened and it happened nice. so beautifully and like from the ground up and it's like one of those things that it's supposed to happen i mean and now it's it's huge you know five years and now like we the first event we had 16 artists that we flew in and now mm-hmm. it's over a 100 that are coming in including like all the media and yeah. it's just a it's a huge circus of if you're in the art, that art world, then you, you've heard of the event. And for me, I, sure. I feel so happy that we were able to do this there instead of ha- – because he was going to – you know, he always had a, like wanted to keep it abroad and take it to cities, but I don't know if he ever really thought of Hawaii. and like. Mm-hmm. But when he did it there, it was so special because that's how it is there. People want to help, and they don't want to help because what's in it for me. They want to help because they want to see it happen. And right. I think that made it magic. And now it's in other cities. You know, we do Taiwan, Long Beach – um, South by Southwest now. There's a partnership, and it's just gonna keep growing. But mm-hmm. you know, for me, it was like letting go of my baby because I had to step. I had to take a step back, and yeah. that's like hard labor. You know, buffing walls and running around and just so much stress. And I just knew that for my health, I really needed to. same, sure. same with the DJ gigs. You know, I had to stop, even though I love them so much. Yeah, yeah. Those. It's been a. But you know, it's fine because now I'm on to new things, and now this all kind of fell into my lap. So. Um, I'm working on a documentary, and once that's done, I'm going to be taking it to all the film festivals, and that's going to take like a year of my life. So i yeah. got to, like, the same way I prepared for Coachella, i got to prepare for this film. And
1: What's the film about?
2: Uh, it's a documentary about, y- you watch the, the eight-minute video. Yeah. I have the, I don't know why, I just, once I got diagnosed with cancer, I wanted to share it with my friends and family, and a lot of them didn't have Snapchat, but I was already pretty good at it and using it a lot. And a lot of them actually signed up to follow me because I was like, just. So, that what you saw, the eight minutes, was a condensed version of like two and a half hours from what I found out to the end. So, like, we were not expecting um, the scans to come back clear mm-hmm. after four months. Like, we just wanted to see where I was at because the tumor right. was like, I don't know, is this weird? Is it, should we not talk about cancer? It's like depressing, but it's actually not because listen to we this. Do, no, let's talk about <laughs> it. The tumor was 10 centimeters by 10 centimeters. It was like a okay. huge, like, But by the time I went to go feel what was wrong, the whole thing was hard. I was like, "What is this?" Because I just couldn't believe that it could be cancer. It doesn't run in my family, and I'm pretty healthy, you know. I just I couldn't. I still can't believe it. It's really weird the way that happens. And four months later, um, I had to go in the hospital. The my port got infected, but I was only in there for like four days. And I was like, "Well, now that I have to wait a month to do my last dose of chemo, let's just do the scans and see where I'm at With, (coughs) with the tumor." And then they come back, and it's like. Completely resolved. There's mm. nothing, and this is, it was already in my lymph, in my neck, in my chest, spreading to my lungs. There was a spot in my brain, but then by the time they did the MRI on that, it was there's nothing. It's all like, and I st- just did a scan a couple weeks ago, just and it's still just it's completely gone. It's like nothing happened. Wow. And like, ugh, I. That's amazing. I, I, yeah, I mean, yeah. So and so because of all this, I just looked at my friend. She's my producer, and she was also my caregiver, and we just were like, we have to make a film we mm-hmm. have to and cause yeah. she's she already is like really great at with photography and video and then we are working with the editor from that video and she's got a great eye and we have a couple shooters I mean everything it's just like powwow like the more we work on it and the more I decide this is what I'm doing it just comes together so perfectly like it's like how it's supposed to be yeah so that like that's kind of like the next chapter of my life is to work on this film so what
1: would you want the film what would you want to happen with the film
2: Um, I want as many people as possible to see it because I want to be at the Q&As at the festivals handing that paper out and explaining to people that there is another option. And if you ever know anybody to be diagnosed, that it's not a death sentence, you know, because I went through that. Everybody goes through that. You're like, cancer. Oh, so I'm going to die. And um, I don't know. I mean, I was in that space for a while, for at least a couple weeks. And I mean, I got yanked out of it. And I feel like a lot of the information that I got First of all, everybody's like, it's so overwhelming. Everybody's giving you everything. And you're just like, ah, the doctors are talking to you. Right. It sounds like the teacher from Charlie Brown. Like, rah, yeah. You're just like, what is going on? I don't know what's going on. I'm just, I know I'm going to die. So <laughs> you just kind of start to accept. I've lived a good life. I've done a lot, you know. And then um, I was, like, making plans for my mom to come out to Hawaii and help me pack up my house, which was, like, really weird now that I think about it. Because I was like, that's how ready I was. Wow. And and then it just as quickly as well you saw like what changed everything and you know i'm gonna be doing a tedx talk in july and i'm not really allowed to talk about pseudoscience like you can't talk about stuff that's not proven and they don't want you to talk about this spirituality stuff but i am so sure that that's what happened to me because how else how else is like oh my friend just happens to live behind a naturopath who just happens to know a cancer Mm -hmm. guy who can help me without doing chemo like you know, chemo, I think, is what kills people. And if you're just listening but you to doctors, you did doctor, chemo as well. I did, but I didn't yeah, do that much. You didn't finish. No, she prescribed four, four, four drugs in two rounds. So the first round of the two drugs after a couple doses, she took me off one of them, and then I was on the one. Then she lowered the dose because I was doing so much natural natural stuff, the high-dose vitamin C, yeah. the hyperbaric oxygen supplements, and juicing, which she could physically feel that the tumor was getting smaller each time I would see her every week. And she was, she was like, "Okay, I'm gonna reduce your dose of chemo," and then I would never wound up having to do that second second round. And mm. I could feel it though. I know, I know that that's what kills you. It, like your your organ, like your body sure. is just at war inside with itself, and you can't yeah. like do anything but lay there and let it let it let it do what it's trying to do. And once yeah. your start organs start failing, then that's when you get in trouble, and it's just it's so sad. Mm-hmm. But you know, since this paper and since my diagnosis last year, it's been almost a year. um... People who've read this and who've done this, who've actually looked for this, like done the specific blood tests and done um, the natural remedies, curcumin, turmeric, they're better. And Mm -hmm. there's one girl, she's Mm cancer-free. And there's another girl, she's doing really good. My my really close friend who has brain surgery, he was able to get through his chemo with like not as much toxic side effects, feeling strong and healthy. And I think that's really important.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's crazy. (laughs) Yeah, it's crazy. I, I, uh, my grandmother went through chemo, and and I watched her. And you said something in one of the clips about, like, uh, it hurts, but I can't tell where the pain is, kind of thing. Yeah. And like I, I watched her go through that.
2: It's the worst. Yeah. Oh, how's she doing?
1: Oh, she died. Oh. Fifteen years ago or something. Was
2: it from yeah. it? Was it from uh, cancer? non-Hodgkin's lymphoma? Oh, yeah. I'm so sorry.
1: Um, but that's you know. Yeah. That's what happens. And as you said earlier, you know, there's more and more that diagnosis and um I
2: must have to send that paper at least 6 to 8 times a week. People are hitting me up like like email or Facebook or something and they they don't maybe don't know me but they know of me and they know I'm the girl that just beat it like really quickly, you know, cuz in Hawaii yeah. it's so small, everybody knows sure. everybody. And um I mean at 6 6 at least 6 to 8 times a week I'm having to send that out. And wow. that makes it makes me so sad, but it also makes me happy because I'm hopefully giving them something that I wish I had, but I feel like I learned by a full-fledged miracle that it fell into my lap, that I'm just—I I, you know—I'm a writer. I can share this kind of stuff pretty sure. easily, and that's what I'm gonna do. I don't care. Like, so for my goal with the film is, everywhere we screen it, you know, you do the Q and A after, and right. everybody can get that paper. And it's like for me, really, it's just to spread what I've learned without getting detected by the government, because of course they're gonna probably come after me because <laughs> everybody wants to be on chemo. But
1: right. you
2: know, I'd like, i like—I would just want to try to low-key save as many lives as I can.
1: Wix.com is the sponsor of Rebel Radio, and it's also a great way to build your own website fast, free, and easy. You can create a stunning website today. Just jump on there, use their beautiful templates, drop in your text and images, and bam, you got your own website. We did it ourselves. You can check ours out at rebelradio.net, and then you can go over to Wix.com and build your own. W-I-X.com. So, uh, I apologize if this is a weird question, but um, what what did you what did cancer teach you?
2: Well, it taught me a lot, but I think there's five really important things. It's so funny that you asked me that too. Like, then I just know because <laughs> yeah, I, I have it's not down. such a weird question. Well, no, I know it's so weird. It's like we didn't even plan that. But um, I think the most important thing is that you need to love yourself. And I know it sounds so simple, but it's not. And it took me. 40 years to understand that concept of self-love and that like how much power you have inside, like, you know, you just need to have faith and believe and, and, and know that like you are, you are like a work of God. Mm. And So that, that was a very powerful lesson that I learned. And it's so, it sounds so silly, but it's, that was a big one. And just the other one is, um, That we need to help each other. That's what we're here for. It's not life isn't this competition piece of the pie or like if you get something that means I don't. It's like no, you like the more you work to make everybody around you successful and you bring everybody up around you, like Mm -hmm. that's like that's the greatest thing, you know. Instead of like it's not like this dog eat dog. It's like this we're gonna help each other because we're all one. Like we're all from the same place, no matter who we are, Mm -hmm. where we are, what we're doing, and it's our duty as a human to like make sure that we can help each other. Um. The third, let's see. What else did I learn? I've never done yoga and meditation, and I know in California that's probably silly. I mean, everybody's been doing it since forever. That's all new for you. It's all new for me. I've oh, never wow. done it. I've never okay. done it. And I get it now. You know, I see how meditate. Like you know, when you quiet your mind. I took a transcendental meditation class, and and that was specifically to get ready for this TEDx talk in July because I just don't want to blow up this opportunity. But from that, that's I've, not
1: part of the TEDx program they didn't no, no 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 I just took it you on the that. side yeah okay. yeah
2: um just because I I knew that that would be it's like self-improvement you know it's something yeah. that if you do that and you learn how to quiet your mind and remember like that the thoughts you have might not necessarily be who you are at your pure essence mm-hmm. and the more that you can do that and be it's just like exercise right like you know you just got to find the time to do it and once you do you just feel so great and if you yeah. can get it in a routine then you're just on top of the world so mm-hmm. that was something I learned and i physically felt physically and emotionally felt the difference and I felt more powerful. I could feel my energy, you know, like I, if I would meditate in the hyperbaric oxygen chamber for an hour, I mean, by the time I got out, the guy, he, the doctor, he opens the thing and there's like heat coming out. He's like, you're the only one who does that. This happens for, wow. <laughs> because I just like, you know, when you start to harness your own energy and you realize how powerful you really are. So that's something I learned. Um, I also learned uh, that every day, day well every moment really is a new chance to just try over try Mm. again you know if you mess up it's okay you know and also too you know every moment every day is like that's that's a lot more precious than I think we give like the bet like you know that is the fact that I got to wake up today and got to come here and the fact that I'm sitting here it's like that's so great and Mm you know would if i go and eat in and out after this it's like i'm not going to beat myself up for it cuz i'll just try again tomorrow you right. know or an hour <laughs> yeah so those are that's that's what i learned and that's why like if you ask me i feel really lucky that i that i that i got cancer i feel like it's something that ch- it definitely changed me as a person and going it's hard that situation of like going back to work and back into the real world after yeah. seeing and learning in trying to, like, infiltrate yourself into this world of just everything, you know, that's, like, when you really need to put into practice the stuff that you've learned, like, the compassion, like, treating the people the way you want to be treated, like, putting the drama shield up and not letting, the like, the negativity get to you because it's, it is your choice how you react, you sure. know, and that yeah. the more you can train yourself to be that way, like, just the, the easier life is, and that's what I was, I think um, somebody I was reading was, maybe it was um, Eckhart Tolle, and he's just saying, you know, life is meant to be good it's Mm. not meant to be crazy and hectic and and so like when you're on the right path you'll know and Mm. you'll feel it and that's how I feel right now
1: Mm. I found it interesting that you're you're um so obviously you're a writer and you're uh you know you 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 made the choice to share that journey with everyone publicly yeah Uh, was that a was that like a Decision Was it a hard choice?
2: Oh, yeah. It was really difficult. You don't, you don't want to bum people out, you know? And you don't want – it's hard to make yourself vulnerable. And, you know, you, like for me especially, I'm like all about being positive even before this. And I would never want to, you know, be talking about something that's so depressing. And so I don't know why, but I did. It, I don't think um, – I know in the beginning I was not – planning to Mm. publicly let anybody know and something just came over me and I just I wrote wrote it all down in a in a post but by then I had already kind of figured out my plan and I knew that I was going to be okay Mm -hmm. so it was a little bit different I think um and also too I realized that I really didn't need I needed to raise some money because you can't it's really expensive especially if you're doing natural treatments that's not covered by insurance you know and if you can't work you got it you need something and so I'm glad I did it because people do want to help your friends and family and people who maybe who who don't know you but they do appreciate whatever. I mean, there's people out there that do want to help you, and I think anybody who gets diagnosed, they they just if you speak from your heart and you just tell people, they're gonna it's gonna help you. They'll come out of the woodwork, and it's probably not the people you think, mm-hmm. but it's a really good lesson too to to see, you know, who those people are, and it's a hard lesson too because you know you think it's these people and then maybe it's not. You know, it's okay. It's you know, as long as there's people out there, and there are.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's what I was wondering. Did did you know? Were you surprised at the way that you were received, um, especially within the community in in Hawaii?
2: Oh my gosh, that's another reason why I feel like maybe that it happened on purpose. Like I was blessed because I just I was like in a really bad place and. Just so much love came from so many different, I mean, like, people who I might have impacted them just in such a small way. Mm-hmm. Step forward and just to the notes and the, and the letters and the gifts and the the things people were saying, they wouldn't just make a donation, like, they would say, like, how I impacted them. And it just made me feel like I, I needed that, you know. I think I needed that because... Sure. I would. I. I always would just do anything for anybody. And when you get like, I mean, that's that's how Tia is. You know, you just you just do anything for anybody because that's what you do. And of course, people can take advantage of that. And if when people do, which they do, it that can be very draining. And that can bring you into like you know, like, right. like so for me, I think I was kind of crashing, and it was just like the right time to Feel like appreciated and to feel loved. And I think that's like, I need, I don't know, I just, I feel really lucky. (laughs) Sorry. Yeah,
1: no, that's all right. I wish we had a tissue to offer you.
2: I'm fine. Okay. (laughs) Just stop asking me questions like that. No, I'm just kidding.
1: (laughs) No, I mean, I think it's so interesting because, especially, you know, in nightlife and we're in, you know, it's, we're in a little bit of a superficial business and like you know i think for those of us who are in the business it's really meaningful right and the power of music you know is 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 great and is important and and not just music but art and and all this you know culture moves yeah. people right i think we understand that but it's also entertainment and it's also like you know it's an excuse for people to go out and get drunk and get laid and like have fun right and so You're kind of balancing those things, and and I think when you bring something that's super serious into that, you know, you never know what's going to happen.
2: Yeah.
1: Right. And and um, you know, I have friends that you know have gone through similar situations, and you know, have been sometimes surprised at the people that showed up or the people that didn't, or just how it all played out.
2: Yeah, I try not to dwell on it because I do. I, I don't I have no idea how I would act either. Right. You know, yeah. you don't know. And it's okay, you know. I talked to some of my friends that I thought were my friends that just couldn't couldn't face me and yeah. I was able to understand why and you know, for some people it's just a really hard subject. Sure. And I, I appreciate that and I still love them and I would never hold it against them. Mm-hmm. So for for me it's it was great to, to, to learn. I think the most important thing was just not necessarily to learn who those people were, but just to learn how to love myself and yeah. how to, like, just be more confident in myself and not worry so much about... It's not necessarily, like, worrying so much about what people think, but just worrying about other people all the time, period. Like, mm. you kind of maybe overstep that,
1: mm-hmm. you know? And,
2: like, as, you know, working as marketing director for Young's, I mean, I I do events, and I, yeah. I need to make sure everybody's having the best time possible. Sure, exactly. Providing this environment of amazing and... yeah. So, when you switched on like that, it's a little draining.
1: (laughs) Talk about that role a little bit. What is. Oh,
2: I love it. Yeah. I feel. Yeah, that's another thing. I just feel so lucky. Um, So, Young's
1: Market, for anyone who doesn't know, is one of the major liquor distributors. You can maybe explain the Yeah, no,
2: it's a family owned company. Um, It's been around for 125 years. They started in um, California here. And. I think it was the. They had a store. It was meat store, and they just sort of they were. They just kind of went with the times, mm. and eventually started distributing liquor, yeah. and never stopped. And then just sort of expanded into throughout the West and into Hawaii. And um, you know, I wasn't. I had no. I was in the Navy. You know, I didn't know about anything about liquor. Right. But by then, the on premise <clears throat> vice president he needed a good marketing person, so he started asking everybody all the night like you know the DJs the promoters the nightclubs like hey I, do you know anybody I need I need to hire someone good mm-hmm. and he said they all said my name which I thought was so funny because I wasn't working in the industry at all but yeah, it was just such a great gift and to go in and interview with him and understand what the job was I mean I had no experience I didn't know what was what the deal was and sure it, <sighs> But I've been there now for eight years, and I love it. And my suppliers, they trust me, and I'm kind of their eyes and ears because they can't really afford to have reps out there. And our market is right. such a small market, but we're a highly visible market. You know, I mean, we get eight million people that come through yeah. Hawaii every year. So, so,
1: so, what's the job?
2: I'm the marketing director. So I, if I can't partner with people who are doing things that can help, like me, activate like whatever programs our supplier has have, then I'll create it myself. Okay. So. Um, you know, my I basically just want need people to be thinking of our brands, drinking our brands, like excited about our brands, and you know, there's a lot of things that go along with that, like whatever kind of community partnerships that would make sense. You know, mm-hmm. like charity golf tournaments, like working with the stores, like working the on premise, sending promo teams out, like mm-hmm. to, like for consumers, and but you know, because we're a wholesaler, we, we our customers is the the, the licensed premise, so like the bars, yeah. the clubs, the hotels, the stores. So sure. We're mostly working with. Trying to, how do we get people excited about going to these places and drinking our stuff? And it's it's very overwhelming. And I learn something every single day. I'm actually really stressed out that I'm sitting here and not at work right now. Oh yeah. <laughs> but I had to get away. I had to take a vacation. And it's hard to leave that job. Yeah. But some of the parties that I had built from the ground up, this um, the Bacardi Pool Party is a really big one. Um,
1: yeah.
2: Oh man, that was like we had Switch when back when he was in Major Laser, He came. He's a special cool. guest. And um, we've, we really, we're kind of like, you know, the do-over guys, like Jamie, they're they're kind of my heroes, the way they have built their party into this global sensation mm-hmm. with the same, like, back, backyard barbecue vibe, mm-hmm. and that, that was always what I wanted to do with this party to where you knew you were not really going to be hearing, like, the same music that you hear in the clubs, but people in Hawaii are just so beautiful, and they need to be half naked. They have to be. They're, they're yeah. gorgeous, you know, and they don't care, like... So, you know, the video that we took from the first event, we probably had like 150 people at the first event, but the video we made was really creative and beautiful, and from that video, the next event was like doubled in size, and it would just triple and triple to the point where we had like people lining up outside all day, and
1: now the problem
2: is getting a venue that's big enough to handle it, so we had to kind of take a step back, but then it's so weird, because when I went back to work in January, Bacardi went to Another distributor. So I, oh,
1: yeah.
2: And it's, it's, I felt like that's another blessing, though, really in disguise, that, because I, that's hard labor too, right? Doing th- those events. And I was gonna do, I was just gonna do it because that's what you do. And yeah. I think I need to try to not, but we just picked up some really great craft beer from New Belgium Brewing. Oh, and, cool. I mean, we're always gonna have, we're always gonna have great brands. So we're, you know, I, told, I was telling you about William Grant earlier, mm-hmm. they have such a great portfolio. And we're always gonna be able to do what we do best, which is build brands. And that's what I love to do. Like yeah. from the ground up, like, grassroots, like, like connect with individual people individually and let them help you build, like, the brand. And mm-hmm. it works, like, when, when you're genuine about it and you're not just throwing money, which is what a lot, you know, that's what a lot of people are just like, here, take it. Here's, here's eight grand. Like, and you're just like, I can't compete with that, so I have to be creative. Right. It's great. I love it. It challenges me. Yeah. Yeah. I get to see and do really, really awesome things. And just being in Hawaii, I mean, being able to make a life there, I could be a janitor in an art museum and I would be happy, but I'd probably be broke. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah.
1: So talk about power a little bit. I mean, you know, I think, um, you know, I find it fascinating that, and we were talking earlier about this concert con, right? That, um, you know, as the world's gotten more digital, like these physical gatherings I think have become more and more important. Yeah. And, you know, like, you know, art and, you know, part of what is special about graffiti is that it's open to the public 365 days a year. Right. Mm -hmm. And yet, you know, now I think we're seeing these things pop up, whether it's, you know, powwow or Art Basel in a, in a different sphere, right. Or, uh, that are, that are gatherings that people want to come together around, you know, their shared interests. Yeah. Um,
2: well that, I think that's what made Powwow stand out with like among a lot of the other existing art events is because when you're invited to Powwow as an artist, you're, everybody stays in the same house. Right. So they're not spread out in hotels around Waikiki. I mean, they it's a very collaborative event because it starts from that. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, the first couple of years when it was still pretty small and I would go up to the house like at the end of the day and just sit there and listen to everybody share their stories. I mean, these guys are in the streets and they experience all kinds of things and and just just that was was just, you can't describe how magical that part was and, you know, when it gets so big, it's kind of hard but I'll never forget how that felt and the art as a result of it when they were working together and, um, you know, that true sense of oneness and you know it's a lot of egos in any industry especially art but yeah. that kind of all got pushed aside after like just because I think we put them in an environment where they had to work together and live together <laughs> and it, that's what made it special and I think after maybe three years was when I told Jasper that I wanted to have like a music piece because I think I just thought it was important and mm-hmm. you know all of these the artists they are all really into music too you know sure. so he was like, yeah, cool. You know, let's build it out. So we did. We, I just, you know, curated a, a small group of music artists. That the same way that the the visual artists would come together, then I would bring them together. And our our operations guy, Grass, he's so he's the one who designed this shirt. But he built out a studio in our headquarters. Oh, cool. Well, what he thought is a studio, you know, because he's he's an artist. He doesn't right. know. But it was cool. He's like he put like carpet on the wall and like uh-huh. did like a little vocal booth and and I mean these guys they're just they just make it happen and it was like yeah. it's, it was so great to work with them but so we had the music producer so we had I don't know if you've ever heard of Graves he's yeah. he's blowing up right now yeah, he's yeah. such a cool kid From the Nocturnal Sound Crew, and um, this other kid Ryan who moved to Denver. But he's a producer. I had to get. I wanted to get people who were producers specifically because I, they're easy. They like they mostly can play any instrument right. and like to work together and collaborate. They can work on the computer, make tracks. Sure. And um, it was great. And then they DJed all the events. You know, like we had our same crew for the week, and um, we did like I think we did that for maybe three years, and then I'm like you know it was good because you always had music around the festival and it was these same people. And I think that that was really important. And of course at the end, we have a huge concert and they, we have a school of music. So it's kids age 13 to 18. Oh, cool. And they have to audition. Yeah. They don't take more than 20. So they're for a week, well, it's a 10 day school. And for 10 days, they get broken off into groups according to what instruments they play. And they don't know these kids maybe, or they do. And then they form bands and they have to like write an original piece. And then they also get to work with the music artists and mm-hmm. learn from them. They, get, like, they come and do little workshops with them and feedback. And then at the end, the kids perform at the concert on the stage, oh, like wow. their, their songs that they made. Yeah. And it's, it's the greatest.
1: That's so cool.
2: Yeah, and they're, like one of the parents, I think the, maybe after the first year of the school or the second year, she just, she just like, wanted to say thank you. And she said, you know, Samia, she doesn't really have friends at school. And her daughter is so talented. Oh my gosh, her daughter is so talented—singer and guitar and drums—and um, it's just like when you let these kids, especially at that age, just just empower them to do what they really want to do, and like let them know that it's okay, and they can really show you what's up. And she's like, "Yeah, so I didn't really have any friends, and like you know, and now she does, and I think that's so huge because it's like all her music friends. Ugh. Yeah, it's great. It's a great program. I miss them. I definitely want to try to go back, and maybe after the film, and just." Because that's that's kind of an event that's going to just go forever, you mm-hmm. know, now that it's built. It's, yeah, sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah. When you think about the film, what, um, you know, you have all this background in marketing and events and and all of that. So what do you, does that change how you approach building this film and, and spreading the word about it?
2: Um, well, no, I mean, right now. We're only focusing on shooting, so we started. I don't know if I said we started shooting my last day of chemo. It's okay. me ringing the bell.
1: Yeah.
2: And um, right now, it's just getting footage, and we're just going to spend this whole year doing that. And we don't. It's kind of like a doc, any documentary. You don't really know where the story is going to take you.
1: Sure.
2: Um, I mean, we definitely already know what we're going to do, but we're kind, at this point. The only thing we're focusing on is just like scheduling and making sure we're, if I'm in a doctor that I have a shooter with me and that I've got permission to film, and like it's it's just that. But once we start, I mean, I've already picked out all the music. I've been writing, reaching out to everybody to get permission to use their um, music just for the screenings. And then mm-hmm. when we get the distribution deal, of course, we'll pay everybody. But right. because I'm really specific, you know, I'm very specific with what what I want yeah, the, the, the vibe to be. And it's going to be like goosebumps. You know, I want people to cry at certain points. And I don't know if you've heard of Petite Biscuit. Mm-hmm. Um, just like this, the real moody, atmospheric uh good like that just like it, it's like I feel like there's just something in it that raises your vibration I know I sound like such a hippie <laughs> That's all right Yeah so um yeah for me like thinking about how we're going to market the film I mean we're just going to we're going to take it to all the festivals I mean we are there's no there's no question like just with the subject matter but yeah. I'll tell you but don't tell anybody because it's a secret but uh you know where the direction we're taking the film too is it's not all about cancer. There's going to be a major plot twist that I think a lot of people are going to be really surprised to see. And so that's good because it's going to be very relatable, I think. And, you know, we're, we are going to be able to interview some of my friends who didn't step forward and we're going to understand that, which I think mm. is a big thing to know. Absolutely. So yeah, this is far, like once, once we get going, I mean, I do know that I'm going to, I just want to try to do as many appearances and talks specifically with this plan so people can have a plan and yeah. get it because now I've been through the whole thing I never I decided not to do surgery I don't need to do surgery they you know stage four they want of course they want you to just cut both off and whatever oh you can do reconstruction too and I was just like do I need to do this I don't have cancer anymore right. and she was like well no <laughs> and I just think about how many women just sure. hack up their bodies yeah, of course. so anyway um yeah I like I just see just trying to share the story with as many people as possible. And you that's
1: ever, it. I mean, the way you describe everything is so like, it's just so fascinating. Like, it it just like feels like stuff just happens and then you kind of roll with it.
2: Yeah, now. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, before. That's well, I don't know, little, my whole life, I guess, has been pretty awesome, but.
1: Yeah, do you, ever, do you ever feel like, do you ever have, do you ever say, I can't do that?
2: Yes. But um, I don't, like, say that much, and I try not to ever say it. I want to just – I just picture it and do it. Yeah. And I get the – like, the idea comes in my head, and I see it happening, and I just work to get to that, you know? Like, with, yeah, every, so I with guess events I wonder, and with what everything.
1: What is your – when you have those feelings that you can't do it, <laughs> what, what do you do next?
2: Uh, well, before – I would probably just sit and stew and maybe never do it. But now I just kind of take a few deep breaths and just keep moving forward. And mm. I don't, you know, I'm trying to think what I've just recently been like. Oh, I can't do that. This TED talk is actually like a big thorn in my side right now. Yeah. But I'm not gonna let that. I'm not gonna let it get to me. I, I have mean, to do. I have to do it. It's gonna be
1: incredible. I'm sure. Well,
2: we'll see. I need to forget the word like uh, first. I I know it's it's hard. To, like I gotta remember those when you pause yeah, and just practice, not talk. You'll just practice. I'll be it over practicing and over, a lot. Yeah. But that, I mean, that's something where I'm like, I can't believe that it. I'm, it's not so much I can't do it. It's like, I can't believe that I thought I could do this. I just, like, feel really, like, overwhelmed. But sure. it's just a mount, another mountain I got to climb. I like being, I like doing stuff that scares me, you know. Getting up for a gig, oh, my gosh. That Above and the Beyond show was the worst because it was sold out. That means there's 1,500 kids that are in there right. looking at me. And I'm like, all right, here I go. going to play Cuba Color or, like, just something that has no build up or drop. yeah. Pretty much my whole set and just and like my heart's like I'm like fuck up. I haven't even like turned like DJ'd in so long. But it was like perfect. It was perfect.
1: Are you the kind of DJ? Do you play the crowd? Like do you adjust? Not for
2: shows like that. No. For shows like that where they I know they're there anyway and they're gonna be there, I play exactly what I want. Yeah. And which luckily is has worked out especially you know they're open to it these kids especially above and beyond is one of those acts you know they're 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 like that too they're about that but it is like trans you know yeah Yeah, but they were and and i was playing all different types of house and um yeah they were they were into it and that just really warmed my heart i mean that was probably one of the greatest nights of my life (coughs) besides right now
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) do you have mentors that have helped you along the way? Um,
2: oh, yeah. Uh, my friend, he's the marketing director for BAMP. They're probably one of the largest concert promoters. They just built a venue. So um, they're doing really well out there. But when I met him, he was the marketing director for a nightclub called The mm-hmm. Wave, which was everybody who is from there, Just they have really great memories of that club. It was a very like come-as-you-are, who-cares spot. And um, I was a regular there. And he was the first person that ever just started paying me for showing up, which nice. to me, I was in the Navy. And then for me, that just was, I was like, <laughs> why? He's like, I'm just going to like, I'm going to put you on the payroll. He's like, give me a W9. I was like, what do you need me to do? Or what? And he's like, just do what you do. Cause I was, blo- you know, I was blogging so much. And right. so I guess that was like the first time I ever really got paid to do something besides fixed computers. <laughs> and it was, I like, I really respect him for recognizing the power of, of a, like a, you know, more of a grassroots kind of marketing where, you know, I'm, I guess I'm considered an influencer and if you deal with those people you're. that's going to be better than just trying to like throw a net out and catch as much as you can mm-hmm. so he's Flash That's and that's so funny his name's Flash but he's somebody that I really look up to he's my mentor and my friend and you know he's fe- like healthy health conscious and, and just a good guy you know he, he doesn't really have any anybody that he would ever talk down to or talk shit about because he's not that kind of guy mm-hmm. and so he's definitely one of my mentors. Um, I'm really lucky that in at Young's I've been able to have a lot of people that I can look up to there. Um, the guy who hired me, he's and people that I can look to when it's getting difficult and I can see that they've been doing it for a long time and I just yeah. try to see how they would handle situations because, you know, you're dealing with a lot of stuff in the nightlife industry. I mean, you're dealing with, like, misogynistic jerks who, like, think that they can touch your promo models. And it's like, why? Why do you think that? Because you have a lot of money you think you can, like... Pretty much abuse this woman who's just trying to offer you a shot of, mm-hmm. like to you know, but I gotta not let that stuff get to me, and I always look to these other people like, okay, what would he do right <laughs> yeah, it can be really bad, but you just gotta sure put the shield up,
1: yeah, I think there's a documentary in the the life of a promo girl,
2: oh they are it's and it's like. Especially Hawaii, and I'll just say it, even though I don't know, nobody really ever does, but the sex industry is probably one of the, even bigger than the tourism industry. You know, it oh, is, really? it's all underground, of course. Yeah, but it's, it's there, it's... and it's like, ugh, I, I know about it, but I choose to, you know, just try to ignore it. But it's like these girls when they're young and they're beautiful, and it's hard to make a life there it's extremely expensive yeah. so you know they start them just as a maybe a bottle service girl they start them as a promo model and then they can see that these guys will just pay them just to be pretty Right. And it's like oh and then they'll just pay me to oh let me just call them whenever I need to go out to dinner anytime and then right. they kind of just get sucked into this world of like using their sexuality is the only answer and you know and then they get basically like become prostitutes mm-hmm. and I don't know for me it, it makes me sad because the, these these that's like they think it's okay and they feel like it's okay, and I know, I'm not so sure that that's okay. But sex workers and like that whole prostitution thing was big back in um, World War II. You know, the sailors would all line up um, in Chinatown sure. to have their turns and stuff. Really helps with all that aggression, I guess. <laughs> so I don't know that it should be illegal, but I just I definitely can see how the girls can become victimized, but. You know, I don't know. Ugh, promo model documentary sounds like something I would watch. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, poor girls. They just got to stay strong, stand their ground, you know.
1: That's right. What are are the girls? I mean, so you work with a lot of these.
2: Yeah, I love them. I I got lucky to work with some great ones. They come and go, though. You know, a lot of them wind up moving to Vegas or L.A. Because they really should. I mean, they can make way more money there. And they don't have to be so, like, deal with such creeps. Well, maybe they do. <laughs> Probably I think the creeps yeah. doesn't
1: change, but uh, there's more money.
2: Yeah, but I have a few different agencies. What, what that do I work girls,
1: What do they learn from you?
2: They learn um, how to respect themselves. You know that they don't have to, they don't have to compromise their own integrity to talk to a stranger and try to convince a stranger that they should try this beverage. You know, um, yeah. it doesn't have to be like that. You know, it's for me to. I don't know. It's it's a good question. What do they learn from me? Because They all definitely, I I can see, you know, that some of them look up to me and I don't know why. I think it's maybe just because I'm always so positive. I try not to let, I refuse to let anything bother me publicly. Like if I'm at an event and everything's going wrong and like the tents have all flown over and like they're over in the next golf hole and and like we ran out of beer after an hour, I do not. Show that I'm upset or anything because it's like you just don't add fuel to the fire. And sure. the in that same line, you don't you don't talk negative about anybody that you've worked with or that you're working for. You are working like all of that. Like th- unless it's a situation where you need to kind of be like be careful with that person because mm-hmm. you know. But other than that, it's just it's it's better to just not say anything about you know, like speak highly of the people that you definitely respect, and then just don't even bother with the ones that you don't.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Do you give? Are you gonna giving people like direct feedback? Yes. Yeah.
2: You have to. It's just a respectful thing to do. Yeah. Yeah, and it's yeah. You just gotta not take it personally. It's better. It just saves everybody time.
1: Yeah, Yeah, of course. Absolutely. Um. Well, what's uh? So, what's what's happened? What's next with the film? So you're filming now.
2: We, yeah, so we started shooting in October. Yeah. Um, I see that we'll, be, we'll probably be shooting well through the summer. Um, I started a charity. It's called the Aloha Cancer Project. Okay. And I'll be working on that quite a bit. That'll kind of be my new baby while we're what is doing it? the film. We wanted just to—my partner and I, we both have been diagnosed with cancer. We've been fighting cancer, and we're both kind of in the public eye. So we wanted to provide, like, use all of that attention that we got to provide a resource for people who are newly diagnosed to give them information that we wish we had um, and just to make it simple. Mm -hmm. um, We do events like, you know, just like learn yoga or meditation, how to eat healthy. Um, We have a chef. She makes like she was like the last event. She was teaching us how to make quinoa cakes and teaching people how to kind of change their lifestyle. And then. um, the more money that we start raising we're going to help start help helping people pay for some of these alternative treatments like there's a blood test that you can take in Europe that they'll grow your cancer in petri dishes and attack it with all the different chemo drugs and send you back a report so you know exactly what chemo will kill oh you're kidding your, it's yeah but it's not covered by insurance it's $2500 $2, yeah. but once we start raising money we'll be able like to take cases and get them that test and so um, we have a lot of other programming and things that we want to do but for me, that's like gotta be the, that's the foundation. I just want to be the top of mind, of like, oh, you got diagnosed. Oh, check out a cancer project. See what they're doing. And yeah. you can go to our site. There's tons of resources. But then also we have, we call it fellowship events where we've decided to live. It's not about mm-hmm. like because I could not find any good support groups in the hospital or any of the programs. They were, oh, it was just so sad. Like these people, like they're just trying to one up each other about who has the worst story, who's had the most surgeries, who's been in the hospital longest, who, and it's like, I have chosen to live and I want to live a good life and a healthy life and it's not about how hard my journey was to get here mm-hmm. I'm here here I am and so our support groups which we call fellowship events it's talking about like you know like oh which what 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 do you like to buy when you go to the store like like, would you like to eat the cucumbers or zucchini I like zucchini because you can cut it up it's like potato chips or like, I like celery you put sea salt on it it's like potato chips and just trying to keep it a little bit lighter and not, I mean, and I think sometimes maybe you do need to have that reality, but you can get that anywhere. Like you don't yeah. need to be, that can't be really very supportive. Sure. So yeah, I'm really excited about this and nice. we we launched it already and um, I've already had a couple of events and we're going to do more, but now my partner, he had to go to Seattle cause his cancer is getting worse. And I feel bad because mine is completely better and he's like just not getting better. And I, it yeah. makes me not really want to, I don't really want to be like all like, hey God. It's just like, it's just, everybody's different. Everybody's different with what they're doing and how they're doing it. Sure. And all you can do is support him.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, you know, you're so positive, and you and and you're so, like I said, you know, sort of forthcoming with your personal stuff. Like, does anything? Do you ever question? You know, the mission. Do you ever feel like you're?
2: Like of the mission of
1: well, just your life, your yeah, <laughs> yeah, of course, like.
2: yeah, yeah. I almost like there's something inside of all of us. I think that is that can just surface, and it just it's like trying to test you to see if you really right. want it, if you really. If that's yeah, and it's like that negative inner voice of like, you can't do this, you're not gonna do this, this isn't gonna work. You're you need you should just die. <laughs> or I mean sometimes for me it would get like that bad, but sure.
1: So yeah, what do you happens? do when, those, when that comes up?
2: Um, well before I think I would probably just let it consume me and but now i Take a couple of deep breaths and just move on. Nice. <laughs> I do. I yeah. try to feed my soul as much as I can, you know, whether it's with music or art, animals, which I love. You guys have this thing out here that bark and borrow. It's like Tinder for it. dogs. Oh, no way. Yeah. So instead of like swiping oh, through God. a bunch of weirdos that you're probably never going to connect with, it's that's like hilarious. animals. You could borrow a dog and take a dog for a walk. No way. Yeah. So that's going to be a program that I'll definitely oh, have with the, the Loha Cancer my Project. I'm going to run
1: out my dogs.
2: Yeah, you should. It's called that's bark a good and idea. borrow. But that's what I want to do, too, is like have like art therapy, music therapy, animal therapy when we build our headquarters and just have it be a a good place with good things. Because the more you feed your soul, the easier it is to ignore that voice and just remember that it's not real. Yeah. Because it's not real. It's not. And it's there. It's going to always be there. But you can like choose whether or not you want to listen. And
1: yeah, I had a, a yoga teacher teach me 20 years ago that. Uh, just to kind of let that thing happen when you're when it's happening just let it happen and it's going to be over
2: yeah that's a good and it's so
1: but I but I you know but I've spent the last 20 years trying to actually get that right you
2: you never you know you probably never will but it's like every day is a new chance to try again right (laughs) you know absolutely you gotta just keep trying it's like don't
1: fight it don't yeah don't argue it down
2: yeah. Just like let it go. Just like it's there. Acknowledge that it, it's there. Like yeah. maybe even appreciate the fact that it's there. Be grateful that you have sure. it. But then, yeah, like that's a good idea. Yeah, I like that. I'm going to do that. <laughs> I just feel like everything is good with just the, like you do the deep breath thing. Sure. And you can kind of recenter yeah. quickly and yeah.
1: Is there anything you wish you knew that when you were starting out?
2: When I was starting out with what? <laughs> I don't know. I think I well I wish I would have understood the self-love thing a lot mm. earlier, but I don't really have any regrets. I feel like I've been really lucky with everything that's happened for me or what I've made happen in my life and I've just I I have kind of gone with the flow but like in a really weird way and like if you look at my LinkedIn profile it's like all over the place the things I've done for work but it's more yeah. just about Kind of going with it and, and sure. doing your best, and then building that reputation. And.
1: Is that a good idea? Like, if you were advising some young college students, is that what you would tell them to do?
2: To have a LinkedIn profile? No, no. <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, to, just, to kind of go, go, go with flow. And, well, like.
2: no, I, I think you need to. Well, you need to find out what your passions are, and yeah. work really hard, and be have integrity, and you know, if it's got your name on it. It, you got to give the best. You give your all. You know that's your reputation, and work hard. And don't like call people back, and don't be known as the asshole. You know, you just yeah. gotta. You gotta, especially if you're just coming up. You know, you really need to be reliable. And I mean, I've like I think about a lot of people that I see come up since I like you know because I'm a lot older now, and it's the people who are they're not necessarily like they don't have like an Ivy League degree, and maybe they didn't come from like money or anything, but. Right. They are reliable, they work hard, they're trustworthy, and, you you know, you can depend on them. And they actually care about the work they're doing. They're passionate. And those are the people that I always call first. So, yeah, if you're coming up, just work hard, be nice. Mm. <laughs> work hard, be nice. Is that those, possible? Those are good ones. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's possible. <laughs> Might not be easy.
2: Work hard, be nice, but don't let people take advantage of you. <laughs> Which is, like... Yeah. Sure. You can do. It's possible.
1: Yeah. Um, Well, we're almost out of time, but I'm I'm excited to see the TED Talk.
2: Me too. Oh my gosh. When is that? July 9th is the event, so it should be online shortly after.
1: Yeah. And what? And it's TEDx what? Honolulu. Oh, very cool. Yeah.
2: Which I like that. It's like it's no pressure, you know. If you blow it, oh well. A few people see. Who cares? But if you N- well, yeah, but it's just, it's not at, like if it was the Ted, the, yeah, the Ted, sure. you're on the stage with But like, you know, it's just, right. it's people you probably already, I probably already know all of them anyway. And so f- it's, I'm just trying to think of it like that. Like, it's no pressure, you know, right. if you blow it, oh well. But if you don't blow it, the opportunity to save sure. so many lives, to inspire so many people, it's there. Yeah. So that's like my next big hurdle. That's awesome. The that TED talk then the film. Very but the f- cool.
1: Yeah. And when is the film meant to be
2: out? Uh, who knows? We you know, know how that goes. Like maybe you'll probably get next year, maybe five years, but okay. you'll know. You'll know. You'll keep us posted. Oh, yeah. Everybody awesome. will know. You'll be like, oh my gosh, I remember that girl.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, And when is the next powwow?
2: It's every year in February okay. um, in Hawaii on Oahu, yeah. although they do um, a bunch of other Indiana cities. You Long can Beach go to powwowhawaii.com. Yeah, yeah, Long Beach. I think Long Beach is, uh, they just did it. Okay. Is this the or no it's in June oh, yes cool. Lo, you should check it out Long Beach in June um, but Power Hawaii is the website it's a great yeah. site it has all everybody who's ever worked with us and like all of our upcoming events and the information about the schools and how you can get involved if maybe you want to volunteer which is great because that's awesome. like a really great way to get involved <laughs>
1: absolutely yeah no, that's great um, and so if people want to stay in touch with you and follow your journey where do they find you
2: well, um, everything on all the social media, I'm super CW. Like, I, and I did not give myself that nickname. I got it when I was fixing computers back in the day
1: because like nice. everybody
2: called me CW and yeah, so supercw.com. Um, if you want to f- specifically follow the film and the documentary and learn more about cancer, um, our website is Snapchat Cancer. And the reason why it's called snapchatcancer.com is because I, you know, I saved everything and it's all, mm-hmm. the whole story is on my Snapchat. Oh, of course we're going to be shooting beautiful B-roll and interviewing our doctors and stuff, so it's not. Yeah. But that's kind of like the little backbone of the whole thing. So that's snapchatcancer.com. You can, I mean, alohacancerproject.com too has a lot of resources if you just want to know what to do when you're trying to help somebody or if you maybe were diagnosed. So those are, I would say those are the three biggest ones.
1: I mean, it's so interesting that you did that on Snapchat because, you know, the, the, the buzz about Snapchat is that it's you know, it's for teenagers and it's so like frivolous. Yeah, I'm gonna and, put a
2: dog face and like sex somebody. It's right. terrible, it's a terrible yeah. reputation. But I saw it for what it was and I just love I've always been that person that is just shares everything on social media and um, I, mean, I, I like being creative have... and it's just my thing, you know, to like right. make it look good and sure. share my story. I've been doing it since the analog way of like just with photos and writing. So it was yeah. a natural progression for me to use it. And it definitely exposed it to a lot a lot of people in my world because a lot of them signed up just so they could follow and make I'm sure I was okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So, if you, yeah, if you know anybody at Snapchat, you just tell them. Just be like, oh, I know somebody. <laughs>
1: <Nice>. <laughs> Who doesn't
2: use a dog face selfie to sext.
1: She <laughs> used <laughs> it for
2: cancer. That's
1: hilarious.
2: They would like to know. No, they're philanthropic people. I think they would like to know.
1: Yeah. Um, and then we always like to know, do you have a favorite DJ?
2: Ooh, right now... After Coachella? Yeah. It's Thomas Jack. Okay. But uh, I mean, that's a really hot bonobo. Like, I've said James Murphy. Oh, my God. I saw James Murphy play for maybe 11 hours at 39. Like, DJ Harvey. Like, the places that you go with these guys. Yeah. But Thomas Jack set. And, like, there was a lot of his music. And I think it was maybe all his music and his vibe. And I love it. I I was like, yeah. I don't know. Do do I have to pick one? No, you don't. James Murphy, I guess. a great list. I'm trying to think if I could ever hear one forever for the rest of my life, it would be, like, James Murphy or Harvey. Mm. But... Right now, it's Thomas Jack.
1: Nice. Yeah. And what about visual arts? Is there, are their favorites?
2: Um, Aaron De La Cruz, okay. who's, um, I'm, that's these earrings I'm wearing. He does murals, and Those he cool. painted my car. I wish I will show you after. Um, he painted my BMW. Oh, cool. It's great. Uh, uh, I like Will Barris a lot. He's from France, and he does like this like flowy kind of imaginative scenery stuff. That's like whatever has inspired him. And I like Megs. He's out of Australia. Okay. Uh, one of the, oh, he's just such a great person. And just, I like visually, I, I really could pick up what he's putting down. I like Mad Steez. Mm-hmm. He's got like his color palette's like a very bright, like purple. And just, you know, he takes icons and makes them even more iconic with his yeah. murals. And he's great. I don't know. I, yeah, I, there's a long list of, I can't even, I love Jasper Wong. I mean, he he does mostly illustration, but you know, you, you saw the background on my computer. He's, yeah. he's great. He, he's just got like this. That's cool. Yeah. Who's your yeah, favorite? Very cool. Who's your
1: favorite artist? Um, Shepard.
2: Oh yeah, he's great. Oh my God, he I was taking like, Russell Brand. I hesitate because he's so no, ubiquitous, he's but
1: very political. But but, <laughs> but he's probably had the biggest impact on me. Like you know, I definitely think he's the Warhol and Basquiat of our time.
2: When I, I went came out here to see art in the streets when that came out, and he that's he was showing Russell Brand around right when we and mm-hmm. so we were like super lurking just. Because to hear him explaining all of the art from the beginning to yeah. him, it was so fun to listen to. Him. I felt, like, really grateful to have that experience. Yeah. He's great. Yeah, he came out to, he did a residency program in Hawaii. He DJed, too, while he was there. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, and but, you know, but there's so many great artists that yeah. do stuff. And I love, you know, just discovering people. Yes, yeah, you know, music, right? Absolutely. Especially, you know, when you just go around the world and you see stuff that, you've just never seen before. And yeah. It's pretty amazing. I think it's easier for me with art than with music. Yeah? Yeah, because I think with music, like, there's such a draw to revisit my favorites, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I, I'm I'm sort of conscious of the fact that, like, if I'm listening to something, I'm not listening to something else. And, um, you know, I have, I, I, I kind of have to make myself, like, Continue to discover new music, and I'm glad I do. But like, I would be totally happy listening to my iTunes for the rest of my life. I
2: could listen like, to this, I could listen to the same album over and over again for months. Yeah. It's, yeah, I know exactly, exactly. what you mean. You know what I really like for discovering music is that Spotify music discovery. I that,
1: have not used it. It's for pretty,
2: that. I mean, I'm impressed. It's pretty yeah, good. Yeah. Really. And I, yeah, I, I'm like so jealous of whoever gets to sit around <laughs> figuring that out for people. Yeah. I don't know if it's it's automated or if it's. I think it is by now. It's great. It's like that's how I've been able to, you know. It's just you have to populate everything, and then once they get a feel for what you like, and they just suggest things for you. It's so good.
1: Yeah.
2: It's it's like kind of effortless, you know, because like when you're digging other ways, you just like go down the rabbit hole of whatever. But. Spotify. (coughs) So what about? I know
1: you. You said you started off with with funk and soul. Um, Yeah. What's a? Is there like a go-to? Like what's the record for you that?
2: Cool in the gang, I think. um, I don't don't know if I can name a specific record because now it's been so long. Yeah, but um, I I can. I remember like what they looked. I can remember what they looked like. They like the Cameo record, Uh Um, and those Cameo and Cool in the gang were the ones that I liked a lot. I liked. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, who? Well, I guess that's a pretty popular track. But when I was a kid, like think about when you're a kid and you're just like in the living room, like yeah,
1: <laughs> It's amazing that I mean now that song is like, you know, it's a, it's what you hear like an eight year old birthday party at or every something. Every wedding. Yeah, but you know, at the time.
2: Oh yeah, I, I still remember how I felt when I was listening to that and like um, absolutely like. When I then when I got into fifth grade and I had the drum, that I took home with the sticks and the big just the one snare drum, and like put, I had to put the pad on it so it was quiet. But I would like just play along with the music and like maybe be, just do off notes on the <laughs> snare. But felt like I was playing along and right. jamming with them. Yeah, it was fun. Cool. Yeah.
1: Well, thanks so much for being here. I really appreciate.
2: Thank you for having me. You sharing all this with
1: us. Ah! Come back. Whenever I will. You're in LA,
2: and I'll be listening too. I like and your show. And keep us
1: posted. Uh, on the movie you know we'd love to support you got to come see it yeah we'll yeah.
2: be out here for sure for LA nice yeah cool <laughs> thank you for having me
1: awesome check it out that was super cw i hope you enjoyed it i hope you don't have cancer but if you do get over to our website download the booklet it's interesting stuff and most importantly leave us a review Give us a shout out on Twitter at rebel radio net. Hit us on Facebook or the old iTunes five-star reviews. You know what to do. Come back next week. We have a very special guest, very special one year anniversary episode. Just waiting for you. Before I let you go, let me remind you check out Wix.com. It's a great tool for building your own website. You can do it all by yourself. You can add images, text, text, Social media, videos, it's easy to make your own site without hiring, spending tons of money on designers and programmers and blah, blah, blah. Just go to Wix.com now and build your own website today. Send us a note, let us know how it is. Wix.com, W-I-X.com.